Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Flight Plate Podcast. I am a co-host, Josh Wenis, along, as usual, with touring professional Jordan Castro. How are we doing, Jordan? I am doing well. It is, I hate to brag it again, but it's hot. It is really hot here. I mean, compared to last weekend in Vegas, oh my goodness, uh, it's hot. It's 20 degrees, 30 degrees warmer here in uh, Phoenix. Uh, we're getting ready for the memorial, and uh, yeah, I've got a couple of guests at my house now, and they are toasted. They are so sunburned right now. It's, we, had to go, we had to go to CVS to get some aloe vera today, so it was, it was pretty Ooh. funny to see how red they are. You know, it, it's funny you, you talk about bragging. I'm humble brag here. We broke 45 degrees today. So it it's nice here, I won't lie. Um, it, it's nice. We're seeing some snow melting, and I heard Saturday here is going to be mid-50s, but rain all day. It's like, oh, oh no. Why? Oh. Anyways, so, hey, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, man, we have, uh, first off, we have a lot to talk about. Second off, this is like almost the cursed episode. We have had so much struggle getting this episode going, uh, but here we are. We're we're here for it and ready to roll. Uh, we had some pro tour disc golf this weekend, Jordan. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, it's week one. It started. It's finally started. Yeah, I, I definitely told my wife on Thursday night that, I missed live disc golf and she kind of did that whole like roll of her eyes kind of thing. Cause it's not her deal, which is fine. But there, there was no lie there. Like, man, this was, this was so fun to get back into this. Um, you know, whether it be everybody's, you know, maybe not everybody's favorite courses to watch and sure Paul wasn't there and you know, you had a lot of other stuff going on, but man, this was, this was so great from a, a spectator's perspective, at least from my perspective, um, I had a lot of fun. I want to shout out DGN right away for their presentation of everything. I thought it was great. Um, hearing uh, JVD talk about it a little bit on Smashbox was great. Nice to hear uh, that they're amped and, and everything's ready to roll. It sounded like he had a little mini party on Sunday at his place after the after the whole deal because they had all the commentators hanging out. I mean, I can't imagine what that would have been like having – Ian there, and then Philo and Elaine King, and oh my gosh, that must have been such a blast. But let's let's jump right into the tournament here. We're going to start on the FPO side. I know everybody's here. You know, we we got you on. Obviously, we want to hear about your experience. But let's let's get there. Let's talk FPO first here because we saw the highest rated card in FPO history lead off first round, and it didn't disappoint. Um, you know, watching. Watching Henna, Kristen, and Evelina play here in the States again was an absolute treat. And watching Paige Pierce right there with them was another absolute treat. And then Katrina Allen showed up and just absolutely tore up as well. And so we had this this crazy FPO field, and it progressed, and we saw the European women play pretty darn well. Evelina and Kristen played really well. Um, and Hannah struggled a little bit. It seemed like her putter was really, really struggling. But And then Evelina, too. Evelina had her putting struggles. But, you know, in the end, we saw final round, Paige and Cat tied. Boy, tell me if you've heard this one in the past, you know, 10, 15 years. But it was an absolute battle. Lead changes a couple times. And in the end, it was an upshot by Paige. Again, tell me if you've heard this one. An upshot by Paige that went out of bounds 
that allowed Cat to pick up the victory. Um, man, what a finish and, and what an FPO tournament in general. Yeah, absolutely. It, it it was mind-blowing just to watch. I mean, I watched every morning, just tuned in. Uh, we were at the MVP Airbnb, just tuning in, watching. And because the men teed off a little bit later, so we could catch up and watch. And it was just like day after day after day after day. What a battle. And obviously, what Katrina had by like a seven, eight-stroke lead going into like round two or three. Then like yep. it got closer. They were tied going to the final round. Then what was super cool, I saw the, the stat on – um. I think it was PDGA stats or Statmando, one of the two, that Katrina's never beat Paige when they were tied going into the final round, which was just like mind blowing to me because like I had no idea that was even true. And just watching it was like we watched like the first uh five, six holes and it was just a battle. Left, right, left, right, like up, down, stroke here, getting a couple strokes there, then I was like, All right, I should probably head to the course, get ready, then it was within two or three strokes, and all of a sudden they're going into 16, 17, 18, and it was within one or two strokes. And like you said, just that approach from Paige on the 18th hole, which is – it's tough. I mean, Katrina threw a perfect shot, then just kind of got up and down or just within a rate where she can attack for birdie uh, as it was a par four or five for them. And just – it was just cool to watch, honestly and Paige missing that shot I was about to tee off and I was like all right I'm delaying my tee shot quick and <laughs> rushed it a little bit through it a little long then just kind of slowly walked down the fairway and saw them um putting out then round hole two then Paige had to throw it in almost threw it in Paige just in the crowd just went wild so that was super exciting just to watch yeah it was absolutely crazy to watch and and just absolutely nuts and i know today i think it was page had posted kind of an instagram live video which was was kind of fun to watch in the sense that it really gave her some it gave some insight into her mind as to the whole weekend in general and that you know how it all broke down and and played out so uh, if you haven't seen that over on instagram check that out it was definitely great um better than just you know putting up a paragraph or two of of type and and letting her just empty your head. That's really what she said she was trying to do was get all the thoughts out there. So um, all in all, a, a great FPO side of things for sure. And, you know, so similar to to Worlds in that sense of, of the upshot missed and, and everything like that. But it certainly wasn't the only storyline that we had going on. I mean, there was a lot of good golf and there was a lot of golf that we were watching that was kind of like, well, how's this going to play out? We already talked about the European women. Um, Evelina she crushes. We knew that. And we saw it. Uh, Kristen was, you know, Kristen was very Kristen like for the most part, but she definitely had times where it seemed like it was a struggle. You know, she was bombing shots, great up shots, hitting her putts. And then, you know, a couple holes later, it would be, you know, going out of bounds a couple times, taking a double bogey kind of thing. Um, you know, she had that sick, what, 200 foot forehand upshot drain. Like that was nuts. Um, and then, you know, other shout-outs. I, I have to shout-out uh, Ella Hansen coming out and playing crazy good. Um, she had a great final round there and, you know, ended up uh, in, in the top ten for sure. I, I forget exactly what place she was in, but uh, she definitely had a, a showing here. It looks like she uh, ended up in sixth, which is great for her. Um, Kristen Tatar in third, yeah. Haley King in fourth, who had, a, again, uh, a kind of an up and down tournament at times, but man, she had a solid couple rounds there at the end to come back. And, um, 
the rest of the top ten, just going through it real quick, Evelina Solonen at five, Ella Hansen, as we mentioned, at six, Missy Gannon at seven, Holland Handley, i got to give a shout-out to Holland Handley, Team Chain Shark, uh, Holland Handley at eight, Jennifer Allen coming in at nine, which is awesome, also tied for ninth, Cat Merch, and we'll, we'll jump down a couple extra spots here because it's fun, 11th, Rebecca Cox coming out and showing up, and 12th, Emily Beach, so a couple of great, Great performances there by names that we're not super familiar with um, and names that, honestly, I'm hoping we're going to see a heck of a lot more here in this coming season. Yeah, absolutely. And just like their ratings, I mean, just averaging 970 to, to 995, that's what Katrina averaged, and that is mind-blowing. Like, that is – it's so cool to see. And, like, those scores, like e- like Katrina's one round had two Eagles. Uh, yeah. Ella Hansen's final round, three Eagles, which is just like – it's, it's just showing like how the game just uh, progressing and just growing or whatever too. So, but yeah, the women's the women's uh, side was amazing, but I mean the men just played it played a little bit better, which is insane. Yeah. Just like it's a whole different story. So like like you said, this whole week didn't disappoint. So yeah, uh, and and we'll we'll jump into the men there just real quick. I wanted because I was looking at this here. On the FPO side, Katrina Allen, I want to look at her round ratings. 10.04 first round, 10.15 second round, 9.66, and 9.90. Like, that's that's bananas. Paige had two rounds over 1,000 rated. Um, Kristen Tatar had one round over 1,000 rated. And it's just, just seeing these women come out and absolutely shred is just so much fun. And it's really getting everybody excited for the FPO field the rest of the year. Uh, I unfortunately didn't get to watch the actual final round of the women's live. uh, And I haven't actually watched the whole thing uh, in post-production either. Life is busy. So that's something that I'm working on catching up on. But as you alluded to, you know, they had a great finish. And then the MPO, not to be outdone, you know, hold my beer, watch this kind of moment. And here they come. Let's, before we get into how that all played out and broke down, let's talk your experience at the Las Vegas Challenge here. So go ahead and give us just a little bit of a breakdown, if you will. I've got a few questions to go in there, but you go ahead and just let us know. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, round one, I mean, we play the infinite course which is the little bit shorter one so it's coming up at like seven thousand feet uh par 57 uh started off good i was like hole one i parked it and i was like it's either a two or four because of that bunker hazard rule so i was literally me to the basket away like a couple couple feet away so that's always a good start burning the first hole then the second one i was like all right i threw i almost aced it and went like 45 feet long and just kind of made the putt i just kind of threw up a prayer and went in so two birdies to start which is very exciting and then after hole three it just kind of slowly faded away uh missed a couple putts i mean a couple pars a couple bogeys a couple here and there so i i shot 1006 the the first start so i mean put myself into the four under range which is like that i don't know 40th or 50th spot so i mean obviously i didn't do too much damage like on the good side or bad side but it's just kind of like all right don't kind of blow it on the first round uh second round was a little bit better we played the uh the end of a course which is the one course that you play twice because if you make the cut that's when you play uh i shot five down which is very solid i mean five down is better than no down right exactly exactly (laughs) so so i had one bogey on hole six it just i think it was just a mental error um that's that peninsula one where i lost your entropy so i was like all right you go to the drop zone just lay up so 1027 there then that that third round i was like all right this is where i played with 
a great card where you mentioned it on Twitter. We played, I played with Zach Melton, Kale LaVisca, and Casey White. And this is the round where it's just like, all right, you have to play well to get into the cut, obviously. And I shot seven down, which was the 1040, which is, all right, very solid. And Casey and Zach made the cut, and I played with them. Zach snuck in, and then uh, Casey, he beat me by two, so he was good. Then, obviously, I made the cut, and I finished with the 992. And after the three rounds, I checked my scores from last year, and it was the same spot on, like, the same total scores, like 163 <laughs> strokes, 163. I was like, oh, my gosh, you can't make that up. Then the final round, last year I shot a 990, and this year I shot a 92. So I was like, all right, you can't talk about consistency. That was pretty pretty cool, pretty spot on. Um, but, yeah, obviously I took 41st. I thought I had to birdie the last hole to cash, and I birdied it, and another guy double bogeyed it, and I thought I beat him out, which was very unfortunate. But I didn't scroll over, and it was 48. So uh, everybody made the cut except one person, um, Andrew Marley. Big hug to him. He missed. He had a lost disc penalty, and so he had to. He missed it by one, unfortunately. Yeah, that was um, a bad. Yeah. That was a that was a bad deal. Yeah. Marweed's lost disc. I heard Tyler Brickley talking about that. Went into a culvert. Everyone saw it go into the culvert, but they couldn't see it to spot it. Man, what a bummer. Right. And yeah, speaking of bummers, I want to kind of bring up that Kale LaVisca uh, story. So I play with Kale and uh, if you're, if you're, if you're not living under a rock, you know, Kale has the most active uh, cashing streak at 307 events. So that basically means he's cashed at every tournament he's played in for the last eight years, which is mind blowing to me. That's like the highest. And I think the next closest was Sexton at 258. Yep. So I play with Kale and like, he started off hot, like just birdie birdie. Like he was playing so well, we get to hole 16 and hole 16 on the factory course is like a hole. You should birdie you throw like a big turnover. Like it's wide open. You're up the hill and you throw downhill to the right. So it's just like, as long as you turn it over, you you should be able to get up and down from 300 feet. He threw his, he threw his foul core, his new disc and it just, he overturned it and it had too much angle on it and cut rolled out of bounds. And so he took his relief and he, he put it within 20 feet and he was probably about 400 feet out. So he threw a perfect hyzer flip just all the way around a tree and he threw a good shot. Then he like chained out left. So I was like, Oh my gosh. So he has to like go par birdie to make, the, make the cut or whatever, or his streaks in jeopardy. Him and Sexton were the same way. Sexton birdied the last five holes or four holes to, mm -hmm. to, to make it. So Kale takes a par on or bogey on 16, a par on um, 17, and hole 18, this is, was the craziest scenario I've ever, like, witnessed. And, like, it just reminded me of just, like, a, you can't make this up. It, it, so, basically, Kale throws a little hyzer, hits a tree, rolls backwards, out of bounds. So, he has to get up and down or gets up and down realistically to par. So, there's two ways he could do it. He can lay up to 100 feet before he crosses the island and try to spin it in there for uh, a par, or he has to like go for the green, trying to like get across the green. So it's 400, 450 feet plus, plus. So we took like three minutes just to check scores to see what he needed. And we told him, it was like, Hey, you need a par, like, like par birdie. So like he, Kale doesn't throw too far, obviously, but like this round, he was just crushing. So like every hole that he almost had long drive on a lot of holes. So I was just like, Kale's just been bombing. Like he must have that timing down. So he's like four thirty away, goes through the green, like perfect S shot, navigates through the trees, almost throws it in. 
I was like, oh. if he would have threw this in, and like it would have been insane. So he almost throws it in, hits the wall behind the basket, pops it to like 15 feet, and he has a little tester putt through a couple trees. Oh, and it's no. a huge, yeah. So like putting all the pressure on this putt to like make it. And he's 15 feet away and he puts it as he releases it. Wind gust raises, hits the top. So it's just like such a like gave him the chance, missed it. And like, obviously you don't want to root for people that not to like make the cut, but like that was his only way to do it. It's like someone messes up, but like we were, there was like only four or five cards left. So like yeah. just to see that it was just kind of like heartbreaking and like, just seeing his reaction and just seeing the crowd. Cause there's a lot of people watching on the 18th green. There was probably 300 people watching. So just seeing that and just like watching that. And he, during that round, he laid up like four putts cause he's like that 25 foot range, but like those greens in Vegas were so deadly. So like if you miss your putt or don't hit draw any metal, you're putting longer than you started. So like it was just tough to watch and like a lot of respect to Kale. Like he's, I don't think that streak's going to be broken, but like, Nate has two years probably to do it because, like, I don't think he's gonna break it this year. I mean, he's not no. playing every every tournament, so I think the streaks are gonna last for another two, three years, which is just like. But you don't want to see that, you know. Like, kudos to Kale, and like, you know, his he's taking it good. Like, basically, he's saying he's just like, all right, time to start a new streak. So uh, he's playing the Memorial this weekend. I mean, we saw what he did last a uh, couple of weeks ago at the Shelly. So it's gonna be super exciting just to see him battle back. And I mean. Kale's all around good guy and he's happy. He's very supportive. A lot of people like him. So, but yeah, it was just a crazy scenario. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That is, it's heartbreaking to hear it. That's for sure. Um, like you said, heartbreaking to watch. Wow. What a, what a bummer and what a roller coaster there for Kale. Um, excited and to see wit- him. And, w- and witnessing it live, yeah. like, yeah. like yeah, playing with him too. It's like just, because people see it like on U disc or just like yeah. there's no media, so like you hear about it, but like witnessing it, it's just a different story. Kind of like James is throwing, just like you had to be there to get that yep. like experience, and like that's like a memory that I kind of like won't forget, just because like I was there, you know. But like I saw it happen, you know. Yeah, I agreed. And also, you know, as a side note here, while we've kind of talked a little bit about the uh, the production value of DGN, I do have one thing I wanted to say, and hopefully somebody from DGN, they won't hear this, but hey, what the hell, I'll just say it anyways. The shot was awesome, but let's not play it every five minutes. I love it. Like, I still get chills. I do, but let's let's uh, scale it back a little bit. But uh, going back to the whole the whole deal, I mean – the tournament was amazing to watch. You know, again, it was following. We got to follow it on UDISC, which is a whole different experience from watching uh, PDGA Live. Um, so getting that was really, really cool. Uh, even if, you know, some holes are a little funky, some holes aren't showing properly and all this other stuff, they don't get your score in right, or all of a sudden they say you're putting for par and then it's putting for birdie, and then, no, it's actually par. Just goofy stuff, but, hey, uh, awesome to watch and good stuff there. So a couple questions for you. Uh, we already know that, you know, the answer to this disc, this question is not going to be the entropy. So what, uh, what other, what discs did you kind of lean on or what did you find yourself leaning on? What was working well for you? Yeah, I think it was just kind of like that, um, that Tesla type panic disc. So like that kind of like that fairway driver, just to the, a little bit of overstable, uh, just because like, 
I, I told a lot of people when I was practicing, I was like, I don't have to throw it far here. Like, I had to throw two shots, 350, 350 on most of those par fours. Or even if I throw 400 feet, then I have a little approach, except a few of them. A few of them were a little bit longer, so you had to club up a little bit. But yeah, those two were the main ones, even like those first couple of rounds. And even practice was so, so windy. So you play nine, ten holes, and you turn make that turn around, just like pure headwind. I was like, this 300-foot hole is playing like it's 600 feet because it's <laughs> so windy. Like it's, yep. I saw a video. It's one of the baskets fell over into the bunker, and like three people had to carry it up the hill, which is kind of oh mind-blowing gosh. to me. Wow. That's that's crazy. All right. So how about uh how about some surprises? Did you have anything that really surprised you? You got anything good for us there? Yeah, I mean, just I mean, just having that confidence in myself was very surprising. Just like you when you know me, like putting hasn't been the strongest lately. So just like when I made a putt that didn't feel good and went in, it was just like, Oh, that was surprising. Just like throwing the shots that like it was I was kinda of struggling with the blister on my finger too. So like I wasn't like committing to the shots like in practice as well as I thought. And then you get to the tournament and just like, all right, hope don't think about the blister and just kind of throw it. So that's kind of the same thing right now is while practicing for the Memorial here in Phoenix is um, the shots aren't coming out clean. So, but like, obviously tournaments a little bit different cause you're like playing for playing for money, playing for like that confidence and playing in front of a crowd too. So like that shot's going to be more important and like you're going to commit to that shot a little bit better. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So let's talk about the rest of the MPO field, man. We had a lot of fun watching this, um, you know, first round on feature card, both on DGN and also Jomez for that matter, for their feature card, both had international talent. So we got to see Linus Carlson. We got to see Jackie Chen uh, on coverage, which is really, really cool uh, for me to get to see these guys play um, and was wholly impressed by both of them. I thought they both played very well. I know Jackie struggled after that first round, um, but Linus played pretty well um, and, just a lot of fun, man. That first round was almost ace run central um, between uh, Ricky Waisaki almost cashing one. Uh, I I got to admit, I scared the ever-living crap out of my three-year-old when he almost threw that in. My three-year-old was in the chair next to me watching something on the iPad, and that that felon that he threw curved in, and it caught metal, and I audibly like, oh! And my kid just, yes, almost jumped out of his seat. But And Kelvin Heinberg almost catching an ace. And then Zachariah Johnson acing on, you know, hole 18. Shout out to Zach. That's awesome. Um, although he wasn't apparently in the ace pot is what I understand. Oh, man, such a bummer. Such a bummer. Get into that ace pot, folks. It doesn't matter if you think you're going to or not. Just just get in that ace pot. But, man, overall, I think what the the things that people are talking about most – coming out of this and i think should be the main storylines is two guys here we're talking gannon burr and drew gibson uh you know we could talk all the time about you know is ricky waisaki struggling with his new discs we could talk about kona panis is she struggling with her new disc come on guys first first tournament of the season can that talk let's talk about this awesome play that we saw all weekend from gannon burr and drew coming on after a mediocre first round really turning it on and having an awesome end of the tournament and my my goodness. Uh first off, Drew Gibson's second round went ten ninety one, which is just bananas. And uh but Gannon Burr, uh absolute putting clinic it seemed like. And then towards the end of the second or ten towards the end of the final round on the back nine, he started struggling just a little bit with the putt. Um, you know, some people said maybe it's nerves. The kid's sixteen, I'm sure. Like let's let's call it what it is. But this went down to the wire and then some. So it came down to the eighteenth hole. Gannon had a chance to really just put it away with an upshot, 
uh, with one of his uh, his stable uh, overstable, I should say, approach discs. I think it's the new Kevin Jones one, the Distortion. I think it is, and it looked like it just came in maybe a little too high on that hill and. The funny thing is, is it lands and then you see it spin and it almost like it catches this funny wood chip and just skirts just out of bounds and cost him the stroke and cost him the outright win, letting Drew cash in for uh, the tie and to go to a playoff. And unlike Worlds, it wasn't just one and done. These guys went four holes, which was just crazy. And it took a uh, kind of an errant tee shot from Gannon. Uh, in the in the bunker on was that seven hole seven yeah seven yeah, yeah. The albatross hole yeah the albatross hole um and uh, bunker shot there so drew had the you know the the wherewithal or the mindset to go lay up put the pressure on gannon and um also i mean the next two holes that they were going to were 17 and 18 where drew has huge distance so that's yeah exactly so smart golf in in complete all honesty um, but putting the pressure on Gannon to to make that putt, and um, unfortunately, it it went high off the band. You know, if you're gonna miss high, I guess is the way to go. Like you've always said, but uh, man, heartbreak. And you could uh, it it. Gannon's from Iowa. I'm from Iowa, so I hurt even more for him. And he's 16, and just seeing him just deflate after that was was heartbreaking. Um, but seeing Drew tap in. Uh, and then you know throw his arms up in victory and immediately immediately walk over to Gannon give him a big hug a, a big hug and you know you could tell he was saying something to him and that that post round interview I don't know if you caught that but that interview post round was I, I have to say I've had my I've had my personal issues with stuff that Drew Gibson has said in the past I'll say that out loud I have nothing against him I think he's a fine person um, that was that was impressive that was all man that that was really nice um he had nothing but great things to say about gannon but what a battle and uh what a performance by both of those guys and what a way to start this 2022 season huh yeah absolutely and like you said like yeah that interview was super good uh we were me and uh Presno were actually here and we were driving back to phoenix for the memorial like that that's final day so we were just like do i stay or do i go and i'm kind of glad we we went but then i'm kind of glad we 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 didn't stay because like it actually two hours almost to watch it so we, we were fortunate to watch it on the way home and like, no issues and it was just it was just like edge of the seats and we're just like yelling at the at the at the phone just like dude what are you doing like yeah it was, it was awesome but yeah i think i think gannon played the the right shot going off first and i think drew played the the right shot too um personally me when i step on that hole i'm aiming for the right bunker and I mean, I'm trying to put myself on that right side, just throw a hyzer up or like a flat shot that goes straight, then just hyzer into it. Because I mean, as it's going that far, then it's, it's flying backwards almost. So like, that's where you want. And he, I think he just pulled it. So he just put a lot of pressure on him. And obviously Gannon's trusting his putt. I mean, he threw, like you said, a good putt. It's just a little high Then I mean, personally, Drew's, I mean, he plays up and he got that shot, then he gets up and down. It's like, that's a Drew. Like he's, he's solid with that shot. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I liked how they did the the playoff too just uh, yeah. alternating which is a lot of pressure too then drew making those clutch butts gannon's making those clutch putts it was just a battle i mean yeah. gannon's gannon's super super good i mean it's crazy for how good he is at age 16 yeah. and like the ceiling is still going i mean there's no yeah. there's no limit to and like i think it's very motivating and like inspiring for all those up-and-coming kids and just 
all those people that want to like play disc golf professionally just saying like Gannett can do it why can't I you know and like it, I'm inspired and like motivated by that as well too because it's like dang dude I'm right there let's put a couple couple more putts around together and right there yeah he uh yeah crazy crazy talented for sure and um you know those putts during the playoff were not were not gimmies either that they were getting each each hole they were 25 footers testers even further than that and gannon was a circle two machine all weekend as far as his putts go and it was so great to so great to watch and what i also what i saw is the dudes already got it if if prodigy is going to do silhouette discs which they've done before they've done the silhouette kind of stamp kind of discs that side fist bump that he's doing every single putt that's got to be it i mean that was money uh, everyone was catching on to it i'm so so happy to see him succeed like that um and a huge huge shout out to his mom for caddying him for him and not just caddying for him supporting this and just pushing him and man at 16 you know having a 16 year old who wants to pursue disc golf of all things as a career um and to just back him like that and tour nationally wow crazy 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 stuff yeah um, i was actually like i was in line with them at waiting for the firebirds they were right behind us so we nice. i got to, i mean i'm i'm from minnesota so like that's where i used to live so i knew gannon and his mom all the time or like talked yeah. to him all the time so that was once i was like talking to him like for that wait i waited three and a half hours so i got to like talk to him for three and a half hours just like life disc golf and like how expensive it is because like obviously traveling with a 16 year old is is tough you know like flight like they flew out here they're their rental car they're this and that and i was like he, he he'll he'll make he'll pay for it like he'll, <laughs> he'll he'll help you out with this or whatever so it was just super like awesome just to talk to him and just like see what's going through their minds of like how it is and like people are coming up to him and they're like good luck in and good luck in and good luck in and he's like gosh it's, he's like how do you deal with this I'm like dude you you don't it just happens it just keep going man i was like your life is definitely changed now and like you you're getting a lot of support now so it's it's awesome to see yeah, no, no doubt about it. Maybe you can answer this question I've had. I had a couple of people who um, aren't huge disc golf fans, but I was showing them some of this stuff and, and showing them, talking them through some of the players. Maybe you can help me out here. How tall is Gannon? Gannon is like 6'2", six, 6'4". Six, yeah, oh, okay. All right. All right. He's tall. I'm 5'10", oh. and he, I'm looking up at him. Okay. All right. I knew yeah. he was tall. I just wasn't sure yeah. exactly how tall. So fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from that. Uh, and Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and he's about a hundred pounds too, so he's yeah. all meat and bones. Maybe a hundred pounds. <laughs> all right. We gotta talk about the winner, Drew Gibson, just a little bit. Uh the guy played absolutely bananas. Uh we, everybody knows that he can throw a million miles, uh, which is he did several times this weekend. But uh and everyone now is starting to talk about his putt, which is vastly improved over what it's been a couple years back. But then also, man, the guy has one of the most smooth yet explosive forms i've ever seen like it's it's so silky but then there's so much explosion coming out of it and the things that he can do with a buzz or mid-range or whatever he wants to call it is is just insane like it's just crazy that he's pumping that out there for 450 and shaping it like it's just it, it's mind-blowing to me um man what a what a weekend for him happy for him to, to pick up that victory but what a what a great weekend of play from him yeah, absolutely. Like, 
he played well and like his interview said he goes from 50th to first and that just shows that you never give up and one round doesn't define who you are too so he he played well and i saw him up at fountain today and said congrats and he was just happy mood everybody's like saying congrats and it's just awesome to see him happy you know like he's put in a lot of a lot of work in and a lot of haters out there so uh it's good for him good for him yeah absolutely um and yeah definitely good for him uh good stuff good stuff so let's move on here just a little bit and let's talk about some other news that came through in the disc golf world uh that is near and dear to your heart and that would be mvp announcing a sponsorship deal with Maple Hill to be the sponsor of the MVP Open for the next 10 years for $2 million total. So first off, awesome. My favorite, definitely my favorite course to watch, period. I love watching Maple Hill. And, you know, admittedly, the brand that I bag the most discs from. Um, And just seeing this kind of a deal, this kind of agreement come out, is just absolutely uh, monumental in my opinion because we're seeing dollars and years here for a tournament, which is not something from my understanding that we have, I don't think we've seen before. And so that was kind of the talk on Twitter. Um, it was kind of neat in this little niche disc golf Twitter community that I have, you know, a few hundred people or whatever. It seemed like nobody saw it before I did. So then I got to tweet it out. And then, of course, my Twitter is all blowing up and I get all the fun notifications and I'm the hub of all this stuff. But, um, you know, that was the kind of the talk was we hadn't really seen an agreement like this before. So people started wondering then, well, I wonder what, you know, Ledgestone pays and I wonder what so-and-so pays and all this other stuff. But I think the fact of the matter is, is that MVP here just solidified um, a, a big deal because of the fact that, like, it's not just my favorite disc golf course. This is disc ranked the top disc golf course in the world. And so to have the tournament there, plus the video that they released for this, as you and I were talking before the before the recording, was really, really, A, it was, it was pretty funny hearing Steve and Steve go back and forth. And then it was pretty awesome to hear about all the changes that they've made at, like, the pro shop and improvements that they're making. We already know that they got the new baskets. They tried them out last year. So just all sorts of awesome stuff that's going to set up MVP and Maple Hill for years to come here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you messaged me right away. He's like, did you see this? I'm like, no. Then all of a sudden I opened up social media and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I watched the video. And I was like, this is so cool. Like just seeing the promotion of everything happening and just like MVP sponsoring OTB and now this for the next few years, was just like, all right, MVP is killing it. And like, I'm very fortunate to be sponsored by them too. So it's very exciting. And I mean, like the video said, if you haven't watched it, go check it out. But a lot of upgrades. I mean, they plan on doing whole one as a like a platform, then more bleachers and this and that. So it's very a stage. exciting. A, a stage. stage. Yeah. 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 So like that's going to be crazy. And like that was the I think that's the only downside of the the, the Maple Hill course is the tee pads, because when they're wet, they just absorb moisture and they're super slick. So I think. I think you could ask anybody that plays there. It's like the tee pads because they're like the concrete pavers. I mean, we don't really see that often. I don't know if that's just like a personal preference for the course or this and that, but yeah, it's very exciting and I can't wait to be there. They posted the orange new baskets already. I was like, Oh, those are very pretty and I want one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the, the tee pads is exactly it. That's exactly what I was going to mention too. Um, You know, seeing the, the paver tee pads, they, they have an aesthetic. They look nice. I won't lie. Um, I, I work in landscaping, so I lay a lot of those pavers. But um, 
definitely is something hopefully that they'll improve on seeing the improvements on the inside of the pro shop what little bit they showed of it in that video was really cool and seeing steve dodge get to tour the mvp facility was kind of neat um you know talking him talking specifically about like trying to figure out like when it was just one line of producing discs as opposed to the mass hysteria that it is now uh so awesome to see that and um yeah just just really cool uh always fun to get insight from people behind the scenes like that like steve holloway or steve dodge um i i love that stuff i i dig that stuff big time so um cool stuff happy to see it and um now you know the bar is set and the the towel's been thrown down so now we'll see if any other uh, tournaments decide to um release any monetary information but um Hopefully this is I, – I know for a fact this is nothing but a good agreement on both sides because they're both happy. So awesome. Uh, next up, before we get into the memorial, uh, I'm just going to give a little recap. Uh, I played a tournament over the weekend. Hooray. I had to play disc golf. Uh, the Titan Tundra Open, and it was – Tundra didn't really live up to its name. I won't lie as far as that goes. We had like mid-30s as far as temperature, so it was it was decent. The sun was out. Most of the snow was melted, so um, it hadn't gotten super sloppy yet, which was kind of nice. But uh, I had a fun time. This is the second time that I've played this course ever. Um, Faye Clark Park in Hiawatha, Iowa, just outside of Cedar Rapids. Um, put on by Titan Disc Golf, who is huge in Des Moines and Cedar Rapids here in Iowa. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun flex start, C-tier flex start. Um, I didn't know anybody else playing it because I don't have much knowledge of the little disc golf group around the area here. So had to find a few guys to play with outside of that. And, uh, luckily was able to do that and had a fun time. I played, I, unfortunately I shot actually shot below my rating. Um, now that they've updated when I first finished the, the, uh, the tournament, I looked on scoring and everything like that. And it showed that, my score, somebody else scored my score, and it was rated right at my rating. I was like, okay, fine. You know, I wasn't super happy with it, but um, now, since then, and it's become official, and it's going to drop my rating a few points. But it is what it is. Um, I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. I got to learn. I got to throw for the first time the Castronaut 2, the wave, the fishing wave. And uh, like I told you afterwards, man, it became my workhorse. Like, I, I loved that disc. I don't know what it is. Um, glide for days on that sucker and um i think the weight was the right choice we talked about that before he sent him before he sent it my way and the weight was the right choice for my arm and uh i leaned on that a lot and i i kind of had the same issue that you did here putting woes like i just you know I, I was not putting really cool thing from it i do have to say uh hunter jeffrey the guy one of the guys that i had shared the card with um we stepped up to hole one and first first guy to tee off it was actually his first tournament ever so we made a group decision right then and there that he had to tee off first uh it was all in good fun like he was a really good guy and really good sport about it so he teed off and then hunter jeffrey a guy who's been playing about two years about the same length of time i had um walked up to the first hole is about 283 feet and he cashed a skip ace with a uh, champion eagle and it was his first ace ever um and crowd i mean there was a group of people all around there's people on the hole next to us and, and waiting on our tee pad so really really cool moment for him we were all really happy what a way to start a tournament and then the second hole he he hit metal off the tee on the second hole like it's just it, it's an unbelievable really cool back and forth there but uh overall like i said i had fun i shot it 
little bit below my rating, but it was the first time I've thrown at all since October. So good to shake the rust off. And yeah, I had a blast. So there we go. All right. Now that I've talked a little bit, you go ahead and, and give us a little bit here. We're, we're playing the Memorial here this weekend. What do we got? Give us a little bit here. Yeah. Memorial. Uh, I mean, this used to be on the, the pro tour stage a while back. And now it's just kind of a little bit lower uh, just because, I mean, the pro tour wants to close the courses and obviously the city doesn't want to because uh, both the courses, I mean, Fountain Hills and Vista, Del Camino and Scottsdale, public park, you get tons of runners, tons of walkers, tons of families, tons of bikers, you get tons of people. So closing the park is just it's not not necessary or you can't do it. Um, so obviously this is a little bit do- uh, little little A tier. Um, but yeah, there's quite a bit of talent here. I mean, there's tons of people playing. You got a lot of the, uh, you got some touring guys, you got some Finnish guys, European, you got some, the competition's so solid. Uh, I, one of the reasons I'm playing is because, you know, like I live here now, otherwise I wouldn't really be interested. Um, so it's kind of like that home feel, but yeah, we're playing, uh, two rounds at Fountain Hills and two rounds at, uh, Vista del Camino. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. There is a cut, so, uh, not too worried about that. I mean, I tee off at 11. 20 tomorrow so i'm the second card out so works for me i get to play with silver lot uh Kristen's other half so i'm super excited to see him throw some some backhand hyzers and just a uh, guy i haven't played with for a while um then yeah like i said the competition is good and i'm excited i mean i went out there uh today lost a couple discs got them back and lost another one so oh, hopefully no. i don't need that one so <laughs> yeah but yeah there's tons of people out there there i think we had an eight card backup on hole one at 9 a.m so that was that was kind of crazy never happens like that anymore so but yeah i'm excited we got um clemens is here at the house and Presley's staying at the house too so i mean you got some friend friends here and got some competitors and we're all excited i mean compared to last week where it was like 60 65 and this today was 85 then tomorrow is going to be about 85 too then the next two days are going to be a little bit colder 60 65 but i mean no wind which is very good i mean oh man we like i said earlier we stopped at the cbs and got some aloe for Presnel. he's he looks like crusty the crab out there <laughs> he's pretty red so but yeah it's I'm, I'm excited i mean i played these courses all off season and i mean i feel ready i just like i said get that putt dialed in and we'll be we'll be in good shape yeah so the memorial this is gonna be a lot of fun guys uh i I mean, everybody knows Fountain Hills as far as the course goes and Vista. Uh, it's something that we've seen through the years on coverage. Uh, there is going to be coverage. I asked Jordan today to confirm that, and I did double-check and make sure. Uh, Terry Miller, disc golf guy, is going to be down there covering, so post-produce, which is exciting. I'm glad to see that there's going to be some coverage of it. Uh, and for good reason, because like Jordan said, the the field is stacked. Uh, we have... Uh, just to name off the top, like, I don't know, 10 or so names that are on here going by rating. Paul McBeth is going to be playing Adam Hammes, Kayla Visca, Linus Carlson, Drew Gibson, Andrew Presnell, Chris Clemens, Paul Uliberry, Colleen, Andrew Marwee, Thomas Gilbert, and it goes on and on. Anthony Barella, um, you know, yeah, just a huge names. It's going to be really, really cool to see these guys play. I'm looking forward to see, uh, hopefully we'll see uh, upon the coverage and all that good stuff, but to see Paul play for the first time this year, see how his form is, is shaping up after the winter um, and, and see how the rest of these guys are going to respond after this past weekend in Las Vegas. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So you've got, uh, you mentioned that, you know, uh, 
Clemens and Presnell are, are there. So outside of, you know, trying to sabotage our podcast here, um, what, what, I mean, they've been, pra- I assume they've been out practicing with you. How have they been doing? Are they excited? Yeah, yeah super excited. And um, yeah, I mean, Presnell is always good and he's good, good thrower, good putter. And Clemens, he's solid. I mean, he has everything too. So um, yeah, we, we were talking about today, uh, uh, Chris, he averages like 10, 10 at, at, at Fountain Hills and then like 10, 40, 10, 50 at Vista, which is kind of mind blowing. But you think about it, like Fountain Hills is Heiser Fest. So like Chris is throwing a lot of forehands, forehands, forehands. Then you get to Vista and he's doing a lot of backhands, backhands. So he's, I mean, he's been practicing both, but he gets that. He's always a good putter too. So he's going to be deadly out here, I think too. But I mean, like we talked about that to Drew and he's like 10, 50 ain't going to do it out here this week. I mean, I think it's going to be 1070 or something like that wow. to, to take it down. And yeah, it's all- I mean, even like at Shelly, you saw what Kale Cupcake did and uh, they busted out that 12 to 15 under at Vista, that final round, just charged and like they they barely almost got it too. So it's going to be exciting. No, just like Vegas, one round's not going to uh, determine the winner. Uh, two rounds isn't. I think that third round's going to get that little bit of a buffer. Then that fourth round, she's all right, here, here to chase it down. Yeah, absolutely. Going to be a lot of fun to watch and and see how how everybody's shaping up here, uh, especially hopefully see some players that we haven't seen on on coverage yet. I mean, obviously we've only seen four rounds of coverage, so um, we'll see what happens. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. So let's move into our secret stat of the week, brought to you by PDGA Stats on Twitter. Um, also, special shout out to PGA PDGA Stats for their Substack that they're sending out every single week. Really, really awesome stuff um, and and good stuff from LVC this week. So definitely make sure you check that out. Find them on Twitter. You can subscribe so it's sent right to your email every single week. It doesn't spam you or anything like that. It's just one email a week, and you're getting awesome information. But here's some information you're not going to find in that Substack that they're providing for us and only us here on the show, and it has to do with Gannon Burr. And all four of Gannon's rounds at the Las Vegas Challenge rated in his top 10 highest rated rounds of his career. So four of the top 10 rounds that he's ever played were in Las Vegas. And three of them, three rounds, ranked in his top four. So three of his top four rounds just in this last weekend. If you don't think the kid is on his way up, then you got another thing coming. He's going to be a force to reckon with, I think. What an amazing, amazing talent. So special thanks to PDGA Stats for all that. Uh, we appreciate it and appreciate your support. Make sure you follow them on Twitter and check out that Substack, as I said. Uh, so a couple other things here. You know, usually we shout out sponsors, and we're going to definitely continue to do that. But we've got a new sponsor that we want to talk about just a little bit here. And it's a name that, you know, Disc Golf's probably a little familiar with. But, hey, we're excited to have them on board with the Flight Plate podcast. And that is none other than Double G Beef Jerky. Uh, Garrett Gerthy and his beef jerky are they're hooking us up they're they're sponsoring us we're gonna do we're gonna be able to do a video recorded taste test of the different jerkies which is super exciting for me um, I'm a jerky guy I, I love beef jerky that's a solid snack Jordan's nodding his head I'm pretty sure he is too uh, and and I've had some double G jerky and man it's good it's good good stuff um, I I love I I love the way that um, Evan, who is uh, from Statmando, um, 
has put it on the Nick and Matt show. He has said that it makes all other beef jerky taste like gas station beef jerky. And I get it. Like, I get it. This stuff is good. Um, we're going to, we're going to have more information about them and about the, uh, the, the sponsorship and all that good stuff in the coming, coming shows. But we're really excited to have them on board. It was definitely one of those ones. I was really excited to let Jordan know that we got that sponsorship. So very, very cool. Welcome aboard and guys go check out double G beef jerky for sure. You got a favorite flavor already or no? No, no. I'm excited to try it. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, you haven't tried any of it yet. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. All right. All right. Good stuff. You like spicy food? No. Okay. All right. Well then, okay. Fair enough. There's still lots of good stuff. Anyways. All right. Um, other, other big news, Jordan, you tweeted out a picture the other day. Uh, yeah. you, got, you got some hats, man. Yeah. Some samples. Yeah. You, you can see it right here. You can screenshot a little right there. Yeah. It's my logo on a, a black hat and it has a leather patch on it right now. So these were just some testers just to try out and see how they turned out. So uh, a lot of feedback, a lot of good, a lot of, yeah, super exciting things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to probably get some more soon and there's a lot of, a lot of more, uh, exciting things coming too, uh, for, for the flight plate MVP and I, so, uh, lots of things coming and I haven't told you, but, uh, maybe after Waco, I can tell you some things too, with a couple, <laughs> couple of new things are coming. So there's a little, little, little teaser and I'll, I might send you a, a, a photo of something later okay. on. All I ain't right. going to tell right. you. All right. Fair enough. All right. You like to surprise me. I've seen this. All right, that's awesome. Good. good Just good. say things are coming out soon. For soon. Not soon. Not not for me, but for everybody. <laughs> soon, MVP folks. Soon. Um, that is that's awesome. Well, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and take this quick moment here and shout out uh, our other sponsors real quick, just by names here. Uh, Yardbirds Disc Golf, Chain Shark Disc Golf. We love you guys. Appreciate your continued support. Um, watch for stuff with Yardbirds coming out in the near future, in the next few months here. Um, should have some cool stuff working to announce with Kevin um, over there. And uh, also, Parframe Disc Golf Racks, they've been there since since the beginning. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Adam Vosberg, thank you for your support, man. We couldn't do it without you. And I uh, want to shout out Sam Sauce as well. I still use that sauce all the time. I need to go and order some more because I'm almost out. And then uh, wanted to shout out, like we talked about, uh, Double G Beef Jerky for sure. And then uh, Cage Supplements, again, that's the one that uh, that I've kind of talked about here a little bit. Um, something really, really cool. I appreciate them taking the chance on a disc golf podcast and seeing what we can do with their products. So uh, if you have questions about that, let me know because I can definitely help you out. Jordan's going to have a little bit of sample coming his way here pretty soon. Um, and hopefully he'll be able to give us some feedback on that too. So uh, definitely check it out. And we appreciate you guys listening. Um, I've got nothing else here, Jordan. Did I miss anything? Nope, all of it's covered, and uh, like I said, um, thanks for tuning in, and if you guys need anything, reach out to our socials. I'm super excited for this week and uh, next week's Waco, so, I mean, the season's just going and going and going. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to get it going, and I will do a better job this weekend of getting information about Jordan and how he's doing out there uh, than I did this last weekend. I kind of struggled, especially that last round, family stuff, 
couldn't get out of it, couldn't really watch. So, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that. But watch for that this coming this coming tournament. I'm definitely going to be on the ball for that. Follow all of our social medias at the Flight Plate. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. If you need anything, let us know. And until then, we will see you next week. Thank you.